It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by the newly revamped Built Bar. If you have not checked out Built Bar yet, they've gotten even better than they already were. They were tasty, they were delicious, now they're even better. Lighter, fluffier, more like a candy bar, however... They remain super healthy for you and super good. They fit into just about any diet you can think of. They're perfect for keto. All of the great macros that you come to love from a protein bar in a candy bar form. Check out all the great flavors that they have. They've got peanut butter. They've got coconut almond, cherry barcia, or cookies and cream and all this stuff is awesome just even looking at the health facts on cookies and cream 17 grams of protein 130 calories 130 calories for a cookies and cream bar and only four grams of sugar and four grams net carbs what are you waiting for go to builtbar.com and enter the promo code locked on for ten dollars off your next order right now you are locked on reds your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the 2020 season rages on, the Locked On Reds podcast will be here each and every day to detail each win, each loss, and every transaction as the Reds look to move toward a playoff berth. My name is Jeff Carr. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Well, that's a win. How about it? It's a win. That's a great feeling, isn't it? I'm very excited. I hope you are as well. Let's bask in the glory. That is this most recent Reds win, something that they've needed very badly for a long time. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. Also, want to get to some Locked On Reds line stuff in the Jeff's Junk Mail segment. So we're going to worry about what's next in the second half of the show. Right now, we're just going to have some fun with what happened last night. The Reds won. I don't know if you heard about that. They won. They didn't lose. They didn't do that thing where everybody's mad at them. No, they won. And winning cures all else. But it was how they won that was so exciting. And look, I know, a win is a win. No matter what you do, if you win by 10, you win by one, it's all still one win. But the way that the Reds did it, and the man who was responsible for it, just has me absolutely pumped. That, of course, I'm talking about Joseph Daniel Votto. The pivotal play of the game. The 0-2. Into right center field. Here comes Akiyama, rounding third. Throw to the plate and walk it off, Joey Votto. Told you. That was phenomenal. If you weren't watching the game, Cowboy actually called it at the beginning of the inning whenever Shogo walked to get on first with one out after Jose Garcia struck out on three pitches. But Cowboy mentioned, he said, get Shogo to second and bring up Joey Votto. The Reds are going to win. That's exactly what happened. Kirk Casale worked out a walk against Giovanni Gallegos, who coming into the game, Gallegos had not walked anyone. 
And then he walks back-to-back hitters in Akiyama and Kirk Casale, and Joey Votto delivers the knockout blow. That's his sixth straight game with a hit. Six-game hitting streak ever since being benched. He's really responded quite well to that whole idea of setting him down. And look, I know that he is a bit frustrating now that he's later on in his career. He's not the Joey Votto that we're all used to. But I've told you this before. I've told you this so many times that he's not going to be the Joey Votto that we all know and love so well. It's kind of one of the things that I hate the most about the fact that the Reds went all in this year. Like, why didn't they go all in in 2017? I get it, you know, whatever. They felt like they were rebuilding on all this stuff. Why couldn't they spend $160 million in 2017? Why couldn't they put a team around Joey Votto while he was still in the prime and he was still Joey Votto of old? Now that we kind of get flashes of that, it's fun to watch, but it's frustrating whenever he's doing bad and you've got all the Votto haters that just love to pour on him. And, and you know, I mean, before this six-game hitting streak, he had a five-game hitless streak. So there's there's so many ups and downs when it comes to Joseph Daniel Votto, but he had a good night last night. So did the Reds now getting their first win in what feels like a century. Actually, it's only been three days, but the last two games were really just oh terrible. So those felt like a whole bunch of games. Guess what, though? With this win, they're right back in it. And for everybody that's talking about, oh, they're done, blow it up, it's over. Not yet. Wait for that. But before I get too ahead of myself, let's look at a couple of other guys tonight that had a good night. The Reds' three stars. Number one, Tucker Barnhart was one for two with a two-run bomb in the fifth inning off of Johan Oviedo. He even drew a walk. Number two, Tyler Malley kept the Reds in this game. Seven innings of three earned runs allowed, only three strikeouts, but he kept the Reds in the game. Number three, speaking of keeping the Reds in the game, the man who factored into the decision, Rysel Iglesias, an inning and a third. He did have to pitch out of a bases-loaded jam in the ninth inning, but guess what he did? He had two strikeouts there in that ninth inning, very pivotal to end what looked like a possibly dismal situation. And I kind of contribute uh, a little bit of credit to Mike Schilt of the Cardinals because he told Yadier Molina with nobody out and runners on first and second, he had Yadier Molina at the plate. Man who's destroyed the Reds throughout his career. There's a reason that Reds fans hate Yadier Molina. It's because every time he's in there, he does something awesome. And they told him to bunt. And sure, whatever. He lays down a good bunt, gets runners to second and third. So then the Reds intentionally walk the next hitter. I don't understand why on earth you tell Yadier Molina to bunt. Makes no ever-loving sense to me. He would have been the guy to break things open. Instead, they tell him to sacrifice himself so that they can move runners 90 feet. Look what it did for him. Absolutely nothing. So thank you very much, Mike Schilt. But Rysel Iglesias buckled down and got two very key strikeouts to end the top of the ninth inning and keep the game tied for the Reds. Mo Egger tweeted out after the game, he said, if the Reds somehow make a run, get into the playoffs, and have a nice end to the season, I'm going to remember this moment. I'm with you. I'm marking this down on September the 2nd, Wednesday night against the Cardinals. Top of the ninth. 
Rysel Iglesias gets out of a bases loaded jam. I just, I, I love that. I love what happened last night and just take a moment to be, oh man, they won. How about that? A Reds win. This is not something that should be the kind of thing that we're like, oh boy, that's few and far between, but that's how it's felt here lately. The Reds have the talent. I've been telling you guys this. They've got the guys with the back of the baseball cards to make a run. Hopefully they'll take this off day today and get ready to pummel the Pirates as they head into Pittsburgh. Friday has a doubleheader. The doubleheader on Friday, and we're going to talk about this more in depth on tomorrow's podcast, but the doubleheader on Friday has Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer on the mound. Absolutely must win. Not for the fact that the Reds are got their backs against the wall, although that's true. Not for the fact that they're playing the Pirates, who they should be so much better than, and they should continue to put them in their place, although that's true too. You've got your two horses on the mound, man. There's no excuse. They gotta win tomorrow. We're going to break all that down on tomorrow's podcast as well. Real quick too, before we get into Jeff's Jump Mail segment, wanted to let you all know the news came down yesterday during the game that former Red and probably the best pitcher in Red's history, Tom Seaver, passed away. He was 75 years old. Former Red and teammate of Tom Seaver, Tom Hume, had this to say on Twitter. He tweeted out, one of my best friends ever has left us. Tom Seaver, not only my friend, mentor, idol growing up, taught me all that I know about pitching and how to be a major leaguer. Rest in peace, Tom Seaver. We'll get into Jeff's junk mail here in a minute, but before we do, I wanted to tell you guys about this deal that we've still got going on with Postmates. If you check out the Postmates app and enter the promo code Locked On, you'll get free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100. Postmates has all of your favorite restaurants on it, and you can even order something from a convenience store pharmacy, or even Kroger's, and they'll bring it right to your door. Check out Postmates today, and since they bring it right to your door, that fits with the whole safe-in-place model and trying to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Go to the Postmates app and enter the promo code Locked On, and you'll get free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100, no order minimum as well on that deal. Postmates app, promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O, in for free delivery for your first seven days. Anytime you need it, anything you need, Postmate it. If you own your own business, then you know that hiring can be a challenging thing. Insert Indeed.com right here. Indeed has all of the best tools to help you get the best candidates for your open position. And now, if you go to Indeed.com, slash locked on MLB they're offering you my listener a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you the best people fast try indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked on MLB this is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash locked on MLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right, let's jump into some Jeff's junk mail. And first we've got a voicemail. Hey, Jeff, Brian, Cincinnati, Ohio. Hey, first off, love, love, love your show. Thank you so much for doing a daily podcast. Um, second to answer your question, I do not think 
we need to change our expectations of the Reds relative to the Central. I think that it's going to the number one thing, if we can obviously get into the playoffs, get one of those eight spots with the pitching rotation we have, I think we will fare well in the playoffs. And a few things have just not gone the Reds' way. Obviously, there's been a Moustakis injury and a couple other things, a couple pitchers uh, that need to get into the groove. And I really think the offense is going to do better than it's doing now a little bit more consistency, and there's some signs of that already. So I just have a feeling that the Reds are going to get into the group. They're going to finish pretty much what you thought earlier in the year, just a shade above 500, which is going to be enough to take one of those spots from the playoffs, and then off we go. I'd like to see a really deep run into the playoffs. Thanks again for everything you do. Keep up the great work. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for calling in, Ryan. I really like the way that you think for the deep run and making it into the playoffs. The rotation is nasty. And look, they've had a couple of bad games, Disco and Sonny Gray. I get that. So you're probably not thinking that you're super high on them right now. Plus, this message was actually given to me by Ryan a couple of weeks ago. This was in response to a question that I had, and it's on me for waiting this long to get it on the show. But I appreciate you calling in, Ryan. Totally agree with you. This team has the talent that if they make it into the playoffs, there's a reason that we have national writers still saying that the Reds can be dangerous if they make it in. Now, there's a condition to that. They have to make it in. The good news is it's going to be a lot easier this year than it has been in years past. And I think that that's something that we're all overlooking whenever we get overly pessimistic about our Reds because they're only two and a half games out. They can make up that gap. I firmly believe they can and slide in as one of those eight teams. So, Ryan, appreciate the call, man. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And I'm with you. We've got the guys to make a run. And I want to follow up his optimism with this next text message. This is from Josh in Tennessee. He says, Simple question, Jeff, that only requires a yes or no answer. Is it time to fire David Bell? Here's the thing. The answer requires context. You can't just say yes or no, because if it's right now, the answer is no. There's still time left in the season for the Reds to come back. So I think it would be unfair. If we get to the end of the season and the Reds have missed the playoffs or they made it into the first round but had a very terrible showing, I think the answer is yes. But if they get into the playoffs and they make a run, there's no way you fire David Bell. There's a couple of things there. So the answer is kind of yes and no. But I'm with you. You've got to look at the season. And there's definitely cause for thinking that David Bell's job is on the line, that he's kind of backed into a corner. In fact, Lance McAllister tweeted this the other day, that the Reds have kind of backed him into a corner because the front office has put together a nice roster, a good group of players that can mesh together and do very well. They are talented enough to win. Here's the thing, though. When a team like this continues to slump and continues to play very inconsistently, they're not going to fire 25, 26, 28 guys. They're going to fire one guy, and that one guy is going to be the manager. So if they underperform so badly and they continue this trend that they're on, and by no means do I think that they will, but if they do, and they miss the playoffs, then by all means, fire David Bell. Because that's phenomenally terrible. This team should be at least above 500 at the very least, should definitely make the playoffs, and should 
I would expect, make it past the first round. But again, that's not what we've seen on the field up to this point. We've seen a whole lot of inconsistency and quite a bit of underperforming going on with this red side. So yes, if this does continue, then it's David Bell's job that's on the line. Now, here's the thing, though. When you get rid of David Bell, you're not going to bring in a totally different philosophical guy. You're going to bring in a guy who meshes well with the front office, a guy who can put forth their philosophy. And yeah, David Bell, for the most part, meshes with them. And so you're thinking, well, then that's kind of bad. But he also has some micro stuff, some management uh, styles, I think, that you could probably find different with other guys. But all in all, the whole idea of using analytics and changing up the lineups and all this different stuff, they're probably going to get somebody that's just like that. So for everybody that thinks that they're going to fire David Bell and go out and find some super old school guy that does absolutely everything the opposite of David Bell, that's not going to happen. And for everybody that thinks that they need to fire David Bell tomorrow based on how they've played so far this year and that everything's going to change because they fire David Bell right now, that's also not going to happen. I think if anything happens to David Bell in the realm of firing, it's going to be during the offseason and it's going to be after a year where the disappointment is complete. Otherwise, I think he's the manager of the Reds in 2021. We're going to do one more Jeff's junk mail, and then we're going to call it a day. This one's a voicemail. This is from Matt in Cheviot. Hey, Jeff. It's Matt in Cheviot driving home, uh, listening to the game on the radio. Just heard the Grand Slam given up by Disco. and Just, you know, really wanted to say, Fuck! This team will not let you be excited about them. You got Kerwin and Badley. I think it's Archie Badley uh, in the trade deadline. Why is Tyler Stevenson still at Pasco Park? They just will not allow you to be excited about them. I, I'm not mathematically out of it, but I'm not this team spiritually and emotionally out of it. I know the fans are. I know I am. Love the podcast. Go Red. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Matt. Thank you so much. And look, this is a prevailing thought. I mean, I was this way just the other day. It was like yelling, screaming, wanted to throw things at my television. Then I remembered it wasn't that cheap, so I didn't do that. But at the same time, I've gone through quite a few beers in my fridge. It's just the way that this team has been all year, even just more so than just this past week. But the entire season has been so up and down and inconsistent. And kind of like Matt said, it's very hard because as soon as you find yourself emotionally committed, all in, rooting for the team, they do something to rip your heart out. Kind of like what Disco did the other night. Kind of like what Sonny Ray did the other night. It just happens. It's the kind of thing that Cincinnati sports has just bred you to almost become callous to, but then every so often they do something to raise your expectations for your favorite team, and then they pull you back into the pit of despair that is being a Cincinnati sports fan. The good news is I still think they can be good. I still maintain my optimism, but I'm with you, Matt. I, I totally cannot offer any sort of rebuttal to you being mad about them because I've been very mad at them as well. I know plenty of people sadly, that are like, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll check out score updates on my phone or I'll look at the game cast or something like that, but I'm not going to sit and watch the whole game. I'm not going to sit and listen to the whole game because that just, just, just rips your heart out, rips your soul out, sets it on fire, 
drowns it, hangs it, and then shoots it. And then what, what do you got left? That's kind of how I felt. I mean, I've been the same way. Hopefully, what happened this past night with the Reds winning in walk-off fashion is a sign of things changing. And the Reds have a nice weekend in Pittsburgh, a weekend that they absolutely must take advantage of. I'm going to talk about that in depth tomorrow on the podcast, as today, the Reds have a nice little off day. Hopefully, they can bask in the glory that was last night and prepare themselves for a pummeling in Pittsburgh. That's what we're going to call it, a pummeling in Pittsburgh. Hopefully, that's a title that rings true, and we can actually talk about it on Monday as being something that happened. Anyway. That'll do it for us here today. Thank you all so much for the texts, for the voicemails, all that stuff. Keep them coming. 513-549-0159. And on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. But that'll do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play Locked On MLB, and I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.